Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Naked and Inside Out. It's Janine here. We're an LGBT podcast. Uh, here we go. I already slipped up. We are an LGBT podcast highlighting people in their community doing some incredible things with their lives and career. And we're here to share these stories with you to provide a source of inspiration to our listeners. Today, I'm thrilled to announce that we have on Jeffrey Marsh. Yay! So, Jeffrey Marsh is a host. Oh my God. Hold on one second. Whew. Jeffrey Marsh is a host. No, just hot. Uh, Jeffrey Marsh is a host, author, public speaker, and youth advocate. Jeffrey has more than a quarter billion views across social media. As the creator of the global trends, hashtag don't say that's so gay, and hashtag no time to hate myself. Jeffrey has earned spots on top Viner listener, Viner lists, both by BuzzFeed and Vine, with a positive, inclusive message. In 2015, Jeffrey was named official red carpet correspondent for both MTV Logo and GLSEN, and as featured writer for the Huffington Post and Medium. Jeffrey is is percepted facilitator in the Sato Zen tradition of Buddhism, as well as a host, actor, singer, songwriter, dancer, and comedian. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) What a wonderful bio. I've done so much. Yes, you've done... I, I don't know what's left for you to do. <laughs> I think I can find some things to do. So, uh, Jeffrey identifies as genderqueer and uses True. they True. as their singular pronoun. So, do you want to explain that to our listeners? Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Um, they has always, throughout history, been used as a plural pronoun. You say, they are coming, they are here, right? And you're talking about a group. And just now, just in the last few years, there's been this movement to use they to refer to someone you know who doesn't identify as either man or woman. So we do this when it's a single person and we don't even know who the person is. Like, oh, they left their phone here. They left their scarf here. Right? And we talk about people we don't know that way. And this is a movement to talk about people you do know that way just so you don't put them into he or her or him or hers do you think sometimes people because they're so used to looking at you as one sex that they automatically say she he you know whatever just like Mm -hmm. just because that's what you know as a human you're used to that that you're used to seeing that and saying that of course yes no yeah you mean that it's so habitual for people yeah absolutely 100 percent. and of course i have a beard and I have other masculine, traditionally masculine characteristics. And I get messages all the time, especially on Tumblr from young people who say, you know, I look mostly like a girl and people assume that that's what I am, but I feel like I'm much more than that. Or I feel like I'm more complicated than that. Thank you for looking a certain way and still identifying as genderqueer, still letting people know that there's a more complicated story to your identity. So what exactly, for our listeners that may not know... What the heck is it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there's gender fluid, gender queer, agender. There's all these labels you'll see in the bios of my fans on social media. (laughs) And they all sort of can be under an umbrella of non-binary. Meaning, you know, I I never want to speak for a whole group of people in one swoop. But the basic experience is that they were designated something, their birth certificate says something that they no longer feel is true for them. 
And in the case of gender queer, gender fluid, and these sort of non-binary identities, it's just that we don't feel man, we don't feel woman, or maybe we feel both man, both woman, but it's something other than that binary thinking of you, you are either this or that. So when did you start realizing that you were different, quote unquote, um, or like that something, you know, like, I mean, for me, even being, you know, gay, I, you know, I always thought like, oh, you know, or I was bi, like, I didn't really know. And it was like a really confusing time for me. And, you know, part of not really like now it's so great, especially you and what you're doing for the youth and just people in general. The youth. Yes, the youth. Seriously, because there's so many people I feel like you're inspiring all these people, right? And you, you give them this powerful message. Really though. And it's like, I didn't have that. Right. And, and I think a huge part of, you know, understanding what gender queer is and understanding these things is great because you're bringing like a voice to this. Right. When you read my bio, you, you highlighted the word billions and I'm so glad you did. (laughs) (laughs) I have millions and millions of views. So over now, over a quarter of a billion views on social media. Yeah. And it is, you know, shockingly, it's not just LGBTQ people, which is great. It's a lot of people who identify with the narrative that we are complicated human beings, that our stories are important, that who we are cannot be boxed in. And I'm so glad you talked about growing up because that's the whole essence of it. And the way that genderqueer is slightly different than knowing you're attracted to a certain kind of person is that, you know, depending on when you, whether you're an early bloomer, late bloomer, whatever that is, you'll come to a point of realizing your attraction is not like other people's. And I never had that moment in being genderqueer. I knew I was queer in kindergarten. Get out. You knew that young? Oh, yeah. I knew. We used to, we used to, we had these felt characters that we would, the, you know, the teacher, bless her heart, thinking, <laughs> back, thinking back on this memory, she cut out felt figures, probably, you know, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania. We didn't have, not even my preschool had a lot of money or my kindergarten. And my kindergarten teacher cut out these felt figures and felt clothes. And one was a boy and one figure was a boy and one figure was a girl. And we were supposed to dress them every day according to what the weather was like outside. So we were supposed to be learning about the weather. But I remember wanting to be both figures and I remember wanting to dress both figures in ways that the teacher didn't approve of that's interesting and so I never had a moment where I discovered I was different and I'm glad you said quote-unquote different yeah I never had that moment the moment I had was oh people are not comfortable with something that's going on with me and then for years, I internalized that and thought it was my fault and all of, we can get into that story if you like. But it was never a moment of, whoa, something's, something's different here that I need to attend to. Yeah, like it was just natural for you. It was absolutely just who I was. And what I noticed is that other people had a problem with it. Which is which crazy. Is different. It was like society was challenging your feelings or your thinking, what was right or yes, wrong, the quote unquote. Of who yeah. I am. Yeah. what they were challenging yeah but it's just amazing that young that you had an awareness of it like to me it's always amazing when someone's at a young age and they just like they know 
they know that who they are like that's amazing to know who you are i feel like i didn't realize who i really was probably until like two years ago i would argue (laughs) no but you know what i mean i feel like i was i guess in a box right i was closeted i was so afraid about everyone else sorry to interrupt yep no worries afraid of don't forget where you were going afraid of other people but to be i think we all go through being ourselves and having that socialized out of us yeah I agree with that. Three years old, I think you're purely white hot yourself, and by the by the time you're seven, you care what other people. Yeah, like all those other outside influences. Right. You have you try to control your emotions. You have the right reactions. All that by around seven or eight, and then hopefully at some point in your young adult life, you realize what happened, and you can go back to being yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So when did this all begin? Like, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Well, I guess for me, I just felt like I always had to hide who I was or yes. I didn't really know who I was. And I just felt like, oh my God, I can't tell anyone. No one's going to understand. Yes, I did that too. And you just, you like convince yourself that like something's wrong with me. But when it's really like, why does everyone else care? Like yes. I am who I am. I'm the same person. Do you know that I have never once in all the people I've talked to on social all the podcasts, all the people I've met doing my work, I've never yet met someone who is not told there is something wrong with you. It's crazy. At some point, there is something wrong with you. It's crazy. It, yes, is. it is. It's insane. It's just, you know, like, I feel like, and I mean, I'm not going to label groups of people, but it's like, I never go around and judge anyone. Yeah. But yet, I feel like my whole life, there was like a lot of judgments, or maybe they Maybe they weren't necessarily about me, but about like where I was going with my yep. life. And I'm confused and I don't know. And it's like, how yeah. are you telling me what I, it's me. I know what's best <laughs> for me. Listen, you know? I'm inside my head. Yeah. I know what's going I'm like, on. I'm like, it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. And I mean, this yeah. is a huge reason why the podcast started too, because I'm like, you know what? I'm done hiding. Yep. I'm done with this. Like, I know who I am. I know what I want to be. And like, I want younger people not to feel like I did. Yes. And I would also say that's why your podcast is good. Well, thank you. So how did this all begin? Like, did you just decide like one day I'm going to make how a did podcast? social media begin? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was told, I mean, I've always had that same mission to convince people there's nothing wrong with them. Because I mean, now I've met a ton of it's. And again, it's not just LGBTQ, although there are special issues that go with that, which we can talk about. But it's it's everyone who was told there's something wrong with you, which as far as I can tell is everyone, right? Yeah. In one way or another. So convincing people that's not true is one of my missions in life. It's one of the reasons I'm here. And I have been doing that in various ways for a long time. Vine is the thing that happened to hit, that happened to be popular. And there are a couple of reasons for that, I think. It's that Vine is the distillation of the message. Those videos are only six seconds, so I have to be brief and I have to cut right to the heart of what I want to say, because I've only got a few words to say. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah. And the other element about Vine that I think really helps is that the Vine's loop. Yeah. You go back to the beginning and again and again and again, so people can let the message sink in there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. I know. I there actually wonder if any of the people, your listeners, your viewers, actually like listen to it like in the morning while they're getting ready or like say I'm having a hard day at work. And I'm they like, do. yeah, because it's great. It's like you're the little voice inside everyone's head telling them yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with you. You're amazing. Like, that's incredible. Well, there's there. Uh, I 
get messages all the time that people are listening to it, studying for a test and all of that stuff. But somebody broke my heart about two weeks ago and said they listened to it in the bus going to school so that they feel prepared for the bullying that they get at school. Oh my God, that's so sad. And they were an LGBTQ kid. And to be able to help in that way and give to somebody what I didn't have is... Yeah, you're giving them that strength and the support that they may not be getting from whether it's their, uh, you know, classmates or family, whoever. I mean, you have no idea. But I don't know. Like, do you ever find that? I'm sure you get negative feedback, too. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're feeling. Like, how do you, I guess, counterbalance that? Well, I don't. Meaning I, I don't pay it any attention. On Vine, there was a time when I had to stop because I got too popular to block and delete. Right? Wait, just, what? After you have a certain amount of followers, you can't block or delete people? No, you can't. It's physically possible. Oh. I can. But the hate was so abundant, I would be doing it 24 hours a day if, if I chose to block and delete everybody. So there was a time when I had to transition to just leaving it there. But I think that's also part of the mission, that teens are going to see the evil awful hatred that comes in the comment section of one of my videos and then they'll see me post a video the next day yeah because you don't care you're not letting it bother you and that's the message that that stuff doesn't matter the connection between me and the viewer is what matters of course and you were talking about audio i as we record this tomorrow i'm going to launch an app that will have extended like audio coaching things oh cool stuff for people to listen to that's more than six seconds because that was clearly what people were asking for and wanting so do you find most of your following is like through all the social networks because there's so many of them Mm -hmm. are they mostly through vine and tumblr vine is great tumblr is great twitter and instagram okay maybe in that order and do you find that the audience are different on each of those platforms oh yeah yes there's a different flavor and there's a different thing they're looking for and of course you have, you probably know this, but you have like super fans who are on all of them. Yeah, right? they're, they, they know every move you're making. Yeah. It, right? And so you have those people, but there's, there's in general, like for example, on Twitter, my tweets are reminders that you're okay. And of course, Twitter is short sentences. So it's just a sentence that says, you know, are you just checking in? Are you treating yourself well today? Right? And so people are looking for those notifications on their phone to help them stay true to what's uh, what's most important for them. Do you find it difficult to create that different like voice on all these? I, mean, I guess not really a different voice, but that different yeah, tone. Yeah, glad you asked it yeah. that way. Because it's the same voice, it's just the package is different. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, it took some getting used to, but I think I'm a maven now. So what happened? Like one day you just like posted a video and it blew up? Or was it like, did you know what I mean? Or was it like over oh, time? Right. Answering like, your yeah. question from 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. Um, it was, I got on Vine. I was first resistant. I said, I have so much more to say than six seconds, right? Will allow me to say. And then I just started experimenting and trying. And then it got more and more popular here and there. And then there was one video in July of 2014 I want to say I dressed like the Statue of Liberty and danced on the roof of my uh, apartment in New York City and that was my first viral 
Vine. That one exploded, got a bunch of followers, and then kept And then after that, the rest is history. The rest is history. That's incredible. And then my Vines were really popular on Tumblr. Ah, so people were like posting them there. Exactly, and resharing and all of that got stuff. Because Tumblr has these micro-communities that are very, very enthusiastic, and they really love uh, the validation from my videos. So how did that feel for you when your video went viral? Like, all of a sudden your phone has all these notifications. Of like, course. Yeah, so yeah like, like, I wasn't used to it. And I, it did, again, it took some getting used to. But did it feel amazing? You're like, wow, like I'm putting myself in the world. Like I'm influencing these people. Like now I have, like, look, like you got their attention, right? And now you're going to hold it. Yeah. Like, did you feel like at the time? Yes. It was a great celebration. Mm -hmm. I don't think about the millions and millions of views very often. I find that I want to stay personable and reachable and you know when I'm making a video I think about the individual so I'll often take a message I got or an email I got and make a vine that is specific to that one person and imagine as I'm making it talking to that single person and I find that that makes what I'm doing very very personal yeah and helps with the connection I mean if I was like making a vine in my house with my camera, just just me and my camera, and thinking about millions and millions and whether it's going to go viral and blah, blah, blah. It just wouldn't, it would bog me down, I think. And it probably wouldn't be as effective. Because you're coming from, like, your heart, and, like, you're talking to, like, essentially, quote-unquote, one person, but, you know, you're reaching this huge audience, right? But it it has that feeling. Because that's what I was going to say, too. Like, I feel like you're very personable and relatable. Like, when you talked about your coming out story mm-hmm. I don't um I listened to the video or watched it and I was like it was incredible it was like I can relate to this like I'm like I get this and I and I see why people are following you like mm. you know this quote-unquote being different it's like we all have to how can I say this like it's it's nice to know there are other people like you and that you can relate to and I feel like yeah. that's why or at least that I think that's part of the reason why all these, you know, why you blew up and why you're still blowing up. Mm-hmm. And now your book and like all these things, like you're not just like, oh, I just don't do Vine videos. You're doing all these different things. My ultimate dream, if I, may I share? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm living my dream, right? Famous on social and writing a book. These are all dreams I've had and I'm doing them. But my ultimate dream is to take queer experience and bring it to middle America. Oh my God, that's amazing. Because you should run for president. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I don't know I'm so good if I'm so good at being a politician, but the what I want to do is be the gateway to queer culture that you don't, that you could picture yourself hugging. No, you know? Yeah. There are a lot of people who uh, no, I don't want to name names, but there are a lot of like stars who are queer and they're not really approachable. There's some like hint of bitterness or some sort of meanness under there or uh, they're protecting themselves or something. And I want to be the opposite energy. I want to be ask me anything, talk to me, hug me, let's laugh together, let's get to know each other. That's what I would like to But do. that's incredible because you don't let the fame get to your head. Well, I hope not. Not so, not so. Like so you, far. I mean, because, you're, because you still have that mission. Talk to me in two years. 
<laughs> no, but you have that mission in mind and you want to like change, yeah. pe- maybe not necessarily change people's perspectives, but make them more aware. Like even me, like I'm part of the LGBT community and I actually didn't really know what gender queer was. Yes. And the first time I actually kind of like researched or learned more about yeah. it, I watched like MTV's True Life, I'm Gender Queer. Yes. And I was like... With Jacob Tobias. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like... They're a friend of mine. Oh, okay. I was like, and, and I'm watching it and I'm like... Did you notice that I used they? Yes. singular person. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Listeners, pay attention to that. <laughs> no, but it was so interesting to me because I'm like, wow, like, you know, I think we all have, everyone, right, has a difficult, has difficult things in life, right? Yes, and, absolutely. But the awareness, I think, is just what keeps people more open-minded. Like, look at even TV. Granted, I don't necessarily agree with everything that television does but there is more lgbt in the media mm-hmm. there's there's more of that understanding but when it comes to like you know other things like you know say caitlin jenner yep. you know not everyone is in a financial situation to do the things that sure. she's able to do um and talk about someone who's i, I don't know if you know if they're approachable can i ask questions yeah maybe? exactly you know, it's not- and that's not a diss of caitlin but it's a very different personality exactly and so i think that it's good that there is this greater awareness and that you're continuing to spread that message yeah. in a more personal way. And yeah. especially that whole Midwest thing, because <laughs> let me tell you, I feel like it's funny because I, you know, everyone I meet, Oh, you know, do you have a boyfriend yet? Or every girlfriend, I, yeah. you know, or my past girlfriend, um, are you guys sisters? It's like, it, people are just so close by. Like I never assume anything. And maybe yep. that's because I am gay. Yeah. Um, but I just like being surrounded by open-minded people. Like, do you ever find that maybe, maybe like straight people or, you know, people that are not part of the community? <laughs> I'm like uh-huh. straight people. I'm something evil now. Um, did they contact you with questions or understand? Oh yes, yeah, really? Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. So they're open-minded and oh, they yes. want to know more about it and yeah. they want to understand it. I we were joking as you were setting up the microphones that I'm polarizing, <laughs> and that it's it's true. People have this visceral reaction to who I am and it's hatred absolute or it's love absolute and I'm you know I'm being reductive there are of course people all over the map but it's generally a very very uh intense reaction to who I am do you ever have parents contact you yes that is one of my um favorite connections to make I believe it because I feel like parents always have a hard time understand. Like, you know, you raise your child to be a certain way or... Of course. Or you think, you know, they're born this way, so they're this. But it's like they don't know what you're feeling inside. Well, my parents, I mean, it was father is a certain role and son is a certain role. And I started, I mean, as we talked about in kindergarten, right? Started to deviate from what son is supposed to mean, that role. And so it threw, it threw my father and mother into questioning their role and how they would relate to me and it's very um yeah it's tough for people yeah i mean and so do you you typically give like parents advice or do you like how do you how do you approach well i just had someone for example i had someone email me about this was a few months ago they were in a store this is the mom emailing me mom was in a store with her mother grandma and her daughter and they checked out of the store, and the person behind the register was something. Non-binary, genderqueer, something. Maybe even transitioning, transgender. We don't know. Mom didn't ask the person. But something was going on with gender, and 
They got the grandmother dragged the granddaughter out of the store and started lecturing her about how the checkout person was immoral, probably psychologically disturbed, and et cetera, et cetera. And mom was emailing me to find out how to counterbalance what grandma had said. She felt at a loss because she wasn't, she's not in the community. She doesn't know how to talk about it yeah. or how to be, um, how to be kind to her daughter in that situation. So I gave her some tips and I said what I usually say, your daughter's a human being. She'll grow and she'll figure out what she needs to figure out. Give her all the information you can in a loving, kind way and trust that she's smart enough to know what's up. Do you think it's a generational thing, though? Absolutely. The kids... The, yeah, yeah, go yeah. ahead. So, I was going to say, but it's like... The kids these days, that's what well, I was about to say. No, I'm because 38. it's like, I always, <laughs> I always think about, like, all this stuff had been going on many, many years ago, but yes. no one just knew about it. Because it, all of, of a sudden it just happened, you know, like... No. Yeah. I, well, I mean, there's there are several examples, of course. One of my personal heroes is a vaudevillian performer named Julian Eltinge, who was, you know, in the day, in his day, he was called the greatest, world's greatest female impersonator. There was a Broadway theater named after him. And I think maybe today he would identify as they, right? As genderqueer. But it's all, I mean, even hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there are examples. Right now we're in a time where it's becoming, which I don't think is a problem, where it's becoming more politicized mm-hmm. and about respect and language and right. So one subject we can talk about is how a label is not the same as respect. But I think it's a nice thing, to, nice thing to talk about. What do you mean by that? <laughs> which, which part? The last part? I mean, yeah, like a label is not the same thing as respect. It is great. If people can use your pronouns, it is great if people can uh, comprehend genderqueer, but to relate person to person and for someone to respect you deep down in your heart is different than a word that's applied to you. Of course. And I think that's part of the problem, though. I mean, I think that being part of an LGBT community, XYZQ, all the other letters that are added onto it, you know, it's like, why are we boxed and conformed? Why do we need a label? Like, even for me, there was a time when I was attracted to men mm-hmm. and attracted to women. And I didn't question it. I was like, I am falling in love with the person. Have you ever been attracted to a non-binary person? No. I, I, I honestly, I don't. You're like, mm, we all went to college. I, I, may, I, mean, I may have. I mean, sometimes I, I actually was attracted to someone that was trans and I didn't know they were trans. Yeah. So to me... A person is a person. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. I, and I have always been like that. And I don't, I guess maybe not everyone else is like that, but I never, and I say I don't see, like, you know, people don't see color. I don't see sex. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just take it in for the person as who they are. But I feel like by almost constraining us to these labels, like, there's one good side where, yes, there are all these quote unquote labels that you can kind of feel like you identify with and to be part of a community. Mm-hmm. That's the one side. But then the other side is why are we so confined to this specific label? Um, because I don't know if it hurts us, but I feel like how many labels are we going to have, you know, or like, why can't we just be people? We're all people. (laughs) Like, why why are we, I just feel like there's extra attention drawn to us and not necessarily in a positive way all the time. Yes. And 
The other thing I mean when I say a label is not the same as respect is the work is yours. It's absolutely fine with me to call yourself whatever you want, but the respect has to start at home. You need to do the work yourself of getting rid of that self-hate that's going on inside you first. Did you study psychology in college? No. But I'm I'm Buddhist, and that's often called the first psychology is... Got it what the Buddha was trying to teach. But yeah, you're right. This is, this is, you know, projection, all the things that Freud talked about too. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you could be a life coach. That could be like your other, you can add it to your life. Sure. Buy the book. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) We will talk about that. Don't you worry. I'm getting there. No, I mean, but I think it's great. I feel like you just offer this really unique perspective and you're, the fact that you're touching more than just the LGBT communities, Mm -hmm. what's, what's bigger and beyond anything that I, I guess that I've talked to, people I've talked to or seen, because most yeah. of the time it's just centralized to the community and not the outsiders that we need to quote unquote educate or give them this like awareness of like... That's the thing. And that's the thing about pronouns. So I made a decision. Well, I realized I can't predict the future. I don't know what the situation will be like when I need to tell a new person to use they, mm-hmm. right? When we need to have that chat. And maybe it's like they use he and I correct them or what. I don't know what the circumstances will be, but I made a decision a while ago that I can affect how I have that conversation. So I I don't know what I'll say, but I do know that I will approach the subject with kindness, respect, compassion. Yeah, so you're not going to turn around and yell at somebody. Call me they! (laughs) Exactly. Or worse, I mean, yelling is the thing, right? (laughs) But I'm not going to come at it trying to make someone else feel bad for having used the wrong, I'm making quote marks in the air, wrong word. Which is great because you're not feeding into like, you're not being negative. I don't want more violence. Exactly. Exactly. So what was your, like, how was it for you to come out? (laughs) <laughs> you saw the video yes i did and i will link i will link um, the video to our viewers as well oh good listeners. you're talking about a youtube i made yes I, I i um i just send them out there and i don't remember what i said i told my mom the first time when i was 11 years old we were on our way home from church and she was driving and all i could get to come out was um i think i like boys there was much more to the story than that But that was all I could get to come out and she slammed on the brakes and she turned the wheel and she started yelling at me and the car went off the road into a ditch. It was very dramatic uh, as a scene. And that day I learned to keep my mouth shut. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would take several more years and more messy coming outses to, to be able to have my parents understand. Do they understand now? Oh, yeah. Really? Supportive. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Mom went to PFLAG meetings in a church basement. You know. I mean, not all parents do that. I, I honor that. But they, they, um, they're very good people. Do you feel like you have to come out often? Or like people are, always, are, are people confused by you? I know that sounds well, strange, but... Yes, absolutely yeah. they are. Not young people. Yeah, I believe that. So you talked about it being generational before. And it is. The people our age... I don't want to assume you're my age. People my age <laughs> and above, uh, it's just really uh, calcified in their brains 
to use he or she and to think of people as as either or and it takes them a while to actually I, uh, one of my good friend's moms said because uh, I, I she kept using he and I wanted to have the discussion with her and I you know I was being you know very nice and demure and polite and saying you know I've been telling people in my life to use they and and she says I already do that of course I use they for you I respect you and then two sentences later used he she doesn't so even realize it's it. Like so, it's very, very ingrained, intrinsic to the way that we interact with each other. And I understand that. And that balances out my desire to change the world. You know? It has yeah. to be taken... With an ideal comes the actual. You've got to balance. you gotta, you got to work with what you have. So are there certain days that you feel like more feminine? Tuesdays. Really? No. <laughs> I was like, really? I didn't know what your like, question was. I was like, it's that kind of dry? I was like, get out of here. See, I'm so gullible sometimes. Um, are there days you maybe feel more feminine or masculine? Or is it is it more than that? Is it is it just you are who you are? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, that's why, and I'm sure our listeners yeah. don't know either. Well, I would say... If someone is telling you, this is, this is my funny and yet serious answer, if someone's telling you they're genderqueer, you have no idea what's going on. Exactly. And maybe they don't either, and that's okay. Yeah. So one day I feel like this, one, you know, one day I, I want to wear heels, and one day I don't feel like putting the face on, so you'll see me in a ball cap, right? But it's... And one day I'll, you know, androgynous and, and you know, it'll, it, I, I like having the freedom. Yeah, it's just how you feel. Yes. And, of course, with what I do, one day I'll be in, like, a ball gown filming a vine, too, which is a whole nother sort of way to express oneself. Do you have a favorite? A favorite vine? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so many, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. My favorite. No one has ever asked me that. Um... Well, my, we can say, you know, the fan favorite is I can tell the future and you're going to be okay. That was my absolute, you know, 20 whatever million views on that one. My personal favorite. Wow. Um, I really am fond of the Statue of Liberty one. That was a fun one to do. What inspired you to do that? Well, it was 4th of July and I wanted to do something themed. So... <laughs> So you got dressed up as the Statue of Liberty, and in that vine, I'm I'm dancing to "Party in the USA," yeah, 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 and it was so much fun. And another fun highlight was me as a bride after a gay marriage passed. Oh Supreme wow! Court. Yeah, and um, that one was really popular too. But I really enjoyed. I enjoy it. Yeah, what keeps you inspired? Oh. Like, what do you do to rejuvenate? Like. There's so much, like, you have so many awesome things that you're doing. Like, how do you just keep doing it and keep, well, you know, fresh? You know, I realized at one point, I realized things were getting a little on the edge. Things were getting a little bitter. And I was like, I can't, can't make another video. I can't craft another tweet. And it got to be a, a little frustrating to have to make so much content. But then I realized and this relates to spirituality too, that we're all this never-ending font of wisdom and stuff and ideas. And 
So I, I made a pact with what I would say life, right? This is the spiritual part of the podcast. <laughs> I made a pact with life and I said, I'm just, I'm not going to create it anymore. You're going to do it and it's, I, I will conduit it out into the iPhone, right? Into the Twitterverse. But you're going to do it. I'm not doing it anymore. Do you ever and that feel, was just a real turning point for me. Do you ever feel stuck? Like, no. Yeah, you just, you're just saying what's on your mind or... Coming out. Yeah. And once a person, which I have, once a person gets over what other people think of you, it's fine. I mean, I've done vines with like boogers hanging out and dandruff and stuff. It's like, <laughs> there's nothing that, you know, someone could say that would mean anything anymore. Yeah, so... Beside the fact yeah. that I've had, been called every name and had death threats and all kinds of stuff, so... Well, it's funny that you say that. So I was going to bring up this Medium article you have. Um, it's called Thank You, Dear Haters. Yes. Yes. So you say... Turn your haters into motivators. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> no, it's actually great. You said, you see, I'm quite queer. Also, I'm gender you different. You research. You just dug back into my Twitter feed. Yes, okay. I did. Sorry to interrupt you. No worries. Um, and that is a special sin on the internet. No, wait... It's no, wait, more what than is that. Go back a little bit. I, I, I wasn't listening to myself. Oh, okay, I'll restate it. Okay, you go. <laughs> this is hysterical. So, you see I'm quite queer. Also, I'm gender different. And mm-hmm. that is a special sin on the internet. No, wait, it's more than that. To be queer and popular is often an affront on the internet. To be queer and popular and happy means you've created a horrible hell for haters. Mm-hmm. I'm queer, I'm popular, and I'm happy, so... Shall we say, I drive hater engagement. It's almost... <laughs> it, I'm pretty witty. No, but it's, it's very powerful. And then you end with this. It's almost as if a hater could possibly avoid typing kill yourself faggot on every single thing Couldn't I post. could possibly avoid typing that. Yeah. Yes. They're compelled. And this isn't a bad thing. I'm not complaining. So back to what we were talking mm-hmm. about in the beginning. It's great that you don't let this negative feedback like bring you down or like yeah. have you stop everything you're doing yeah. and you sort of like it's almost like you're not listening and you're just proceeding on with your life which I think is incredible yeah it's more than not listening because you know not listening if I if I if someone asked me about haters there's a chapter in my book about haters actually if someone asked me about haters and I said just don't listen to them I mean it leaves them it's so hard for a human being to do that. It's like it's almost hollow advice. You can't. So it's more than not listening. It is comprehending that hate has so much, I would say 100%, to do with the hater and not the person they're hating. It says everything about them and nothing about me. Absolutely. And that's great because there's so much. I mean, even, like you're, even with bullying, like all these things, yep. it's like... Yep you feel so like trapped, you know? And like you, again, you are persevering, not caring and Mm -hmm. other people are seeing you do that, which is inspirational. Right. So it just goes full circle. So let's talk about your book. Please. How to be you, how to be you stop trying to be someone else and start living your life. Are you going to read something? No, I don't have. No, 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 no. I just had the title. It's with penguin random mouse and they wrote the description and I think they did a great job. I will link link it. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I figured I'd let you talk about it. Like, how did how did like you get inspired to write a book? Well, I find some uh, 
to say one more thing about the description, I find sometimes that I'm more the bird than the ornithologist, right? I find it so hard to describe what I'm doing because I'm doing it. Yeah. And this is one of the, the places where I thought, oh, they really understood what I was trying to do. They really got it. So, yeah, link to it. Um, the book is so important to me because the absolute mission of that dang book is to make the reader feel important. That is the mission of everything I do, right? But there are three ways to do that in the book. I give direct advice. It's meant to be, it's called How to Be You, right? It's meant to be the manual we never got growing up. What, did you, what do you need to know? That information is there. There's also a memoir. There's stories about me growing up, gender, queer, non-binary in Pennsylvania in the woods. And what that was like. I was going to say that. Hopefully. That's going to be very interesting to read. <laughs> and hopefully what, that's, what that is like universally, right? How people can relate to that story. And then the third part, my favorite, it's a workbook. Oh, that's awesome. So you can like fill it out. Yeah. So whoever is reading it creates the book with me. Oh, that's incredible. They're as much of a creator as I am. And it also links into this whole, I don't know if you've seen it, this whole movement of coloring books that's become so popular. So in my book, you get a little extra. There are things to color, and there are also questions to answer about, you know, who you are and why you do the things you do. And there are pages to rip out and craft projects and all kinds of fun ways. That sounds to, amazing. To grow and learn and feel good about who you are. When is it coming out? August second. And where can people pre-order it? The pre-order. Is it just the penguin site? Oh. The pre-order, when this podcast goes up, it'll be available. So you can link to that as well. Cool. But it's kind of soft pre-order, we say in the business. And in May, which is right around the corner, right? Yes. May, we'll we'll announce on social that it's available for pre-order and stuff like that. So the big pre-order celebration is May, but it's technically on their website. Right so, now. did you... I'm on Amazon. I know. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> <laughs> did they approach and you to write I am the book? first genderqueer author with Penguin Random House. Oh, that's amazing. And the first one to use they, them pronouns. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's ex- so, when you were making this, like, was that part of the process? Like, you wanted it to be this more, like, interactive experience for Absolutely. the person reading it? Yes. I think it's interesting because I wish more... Things were like that, <laughs> like like they're taking that approach, right? Because you're 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 hearing someone's story, you're relating to it. You have like a workbook where you can express how yeah. you're feeling, or you know, it just ties everything together. Really, it's like a therapist in a book, mm-hmm. or like someone coaching you, someone telling you you can do it, and then you're reflecting on that. Yes, yeah, we're creating a movement, a community, a safe place, and I eventually what I want to do with the website for the book when that com- when that launches is have people read it, do their, there's one specific one that I'm excited to, to see what people do with it, but do their craft project, right? And then have a place to post that. Yeah. Share that with the community and have, be inspired by each other. Other, exactly. Because yeah. yeah. we're all in it together. We are all in it together. Um, Good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people in the community tend to forget that. I feel like there t- tends sometimes yeah. to be tension between like groups. That's another thing the- about labels, it stratifies you. Exactly. Yeah. So, did they approach you to write the book? A friend was also writing a book, and that friend's literary agent, 
I don't, I don't know if it's boring on a podcast to talk about the business side of it, but I, there was a friend who was already writing a book and she had a literary agent and she mentioned me to her agent and the agent said, oh my gosh, yes, I love that. Send him over. And then... That him? Was a, no, no, no. That was apostrophe. Oh, email. I was like, what? I was like, send what? Him over. I was like, huh? <laughs> and, you know, send him over. And they, I went and met with Wendy, my literary agent, and the rest is history. She got the deal with Penguin Random House, and here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, I know this is going to sound silly, but like getting it into schools somehow or... Certainly. Introducing it into like well, younger... you mentioned you mentioned in my bio Glisten G L S E N. They're mm-hmm. the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, and they uh, have contact with GSAs. They help That's people great. found GSAs and and give them tools to do that. That's what I was gonna say. I feel like it'd be the perfect tool for someone that could be five years old or fifteen or fifty. But you know, the idea of the whole thing with me is getting these things into people's hands younger. Yeah. Is, oh, it just seems to be better. Especially, like I was saying, like your audience is a lot of young people. Amen. Um, do, like, is that something that's like exciting to you that you're influencing this? Like, do you realize how much of an influence you're having on this young young no. generation? I mean, they they uh, RuPaul just gave a uh, you can you can Google it. Just gave an interview with Vulture uh-huh. and said basically, you know, the younger generation they're on their own. They'll figure it out. And I'm a little bit more hands-on. I want I want to have that influence, so I hope that I do. You definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you what so I'm much. Trying, yeah, just one more thing mm-hmm. about yep. that. One more exciting yep. thing, yes. and then we can take it back. I wrote the book. I make vines, in a sense, for my 11-year-old self ah. in that car with mom. Right. That's amazing. What would I say to little Jeffrey? And I go from there. But that's great because you're almost providing what you didn't have it's like a for machine, yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. great. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank it was you. so I loved great. It. This is three hours long. <laughs> you're so funny. If anyone wants to get in touch with you um, on social media, I will I'm link. So I was going to say I will link all of your links, but I don't know if there's a few that you want to call sure, out that you're more yeah. active on. The Jeffrey Marsh, T H E J E F F R E Y Marsh. Uh, just search Jeffrey Marsh on Vine. You'll find my Vine. The Jeffrey Marsh is Twitter, by the way, and Insta. And uh, JeffreyMarsh.com. Just email me. It's right there. And he'll probably... Oh! I almost said he! They'll probably get back (laughs) to you. And we'll edit that out. That is so bad. But see, this is just the point, right? Yes. Because I'm looking at you. Granted, you look more masculine. You have makeup on for people that obviously aren't sitting right next Mm -hmm. to you right now. But to me, because my whole life... I know. If you look like a male, I'm like, it's just, and I try to be very conscious of it. Well, what is this phrase you use? Look like a male. Exactly. And that, that doesn't mean anything, right? Like what defines a male? to say. Exactly. Right. Well, I'm not an endocrinologist. Yeah. No, but it's interesting. Right. And I think that like, as we're ending, it's just an interesting note. It's like, we, like even me, someone that tries to be very respectful and conscious just slipped, you know? So it's something that hopefully we all continue learning. And, and growing. the point is not to add hate to the world. So for me not to jump on you and say, you don't respect me. You don't use my yeah. pronouns. Blah, blah, blah. Of course, we're all learning together. Exactly. We're in it together. High five. Yeah. Woo! All right, <laughs> listeners. Thank you again for joining us. For Never no- high-fived in a podcast. <laughs> Never? I love it. Yay! Never first. <laughs> so thank you again for listening. Um, 
Feel free to give us your feedback, any comments, any suggestions you have at hello at nakedandinsideout.com. You can find us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Insta, all at Naked and Inside Out. Um, and yeah, if you like what you are hearing, please go to iTunes, give us a little rating in there. That helps a lot. And then I think that's it. So until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Yay. Thank you. Bye. That was so good.